1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Okay, where do you want to begin today? I think we're going to talk numbers. We'll talk numbers, yeah. The the main numbers have just come out, and they show an increase of 160% in units sold over last year. And, you know, we have to qualify that again, as we did last month, with... 2020 was a strange year, and it was right during the lockdown, so the numbers aren't reflective of what is actually happening in the marketplace. So if you were to compare it to 2019, what does it look like? If we compare it to 2019, it looks a lot better. So in May of 2021, we had 11,951 sales. If you go back and compare it to 2019, that was 9,950 sales. It's a more typical market, but let's do this. Let's go back even further. Because the year has been so hot and we don't have inventory levels where we need them to be and demand is peaking, this almost feels like 2015, 2016. So remember, we had 11,951 sales in May of 2021. In May of 2015, we'd had 11,640 sales. And in May of 2016, we had 12,793 sales. So we're right there. So this is a typical May. It is a typical May. So ignore those reports about uh, sales being up 160%. It's not typical of what happened uh, in 2020. So when we look at an average May, we're right there. There's uh, no panic. There's The market is not on fire as it appears, and uh, the bottom is not falling out as is reported. And if you were to drill down into those numbers for York Region, what does it look like? York Region has been fantastic. So York Region, uh, you know, in the first five months of 2020, that included two months of pretty much being shut down. We had 28,134 sales. In 2021, we have 10,852 sales. So again, let's go back to 2016, which was the hottest year on the Toronto Rose Board in history, and that's what we're competing with this year. So we had 9,455 sales compared to 10,852 this year. It's a little bit of an increase, but the market has started off on fire. Expect the market to level out, and we should have a, a relatively decent end to the year, putting us uh, either first or second place. And what about in terms of specific areas here in York Region? Specifically, if we're drilling down into York Region, I mean, everywhere has been on fire. But if you look at the the big areas, if you look at, uh, say, Markham, Markham has had... 2,678 sales, and Vaughan is right there, 2,678 sales. Richmond Hill, 1,863 sales. And those three areas usually set the tone for what York Region is doing because then you get the spill-off into other areas like Georgina, Aurora. I mean, King is always hot, Newmarket, Wichert Stouffville. You're starting to see those areas start to pick up some sales as well. So, you know, having almost 11,000 sales for the year in York Region on its own is pretty incredible. Again, looking back to 
2016, we had 9,455 sales there. And, you know, you still had Markham leading the way at 2,573. So Markham's sales right now compared to 2016, they really haven't changed that much. Same for Vaughn. Vaughn had 2,203. This year they have 2,678. Richmond Hill... Richmond Hill actually had more sales in 2016, 1915 versus 1863 this year. So they're all relatively around the same. And what about in terms of the month-to-month comparison? How does May compare to, say, March and April? So if we're looking at uh, March sales, March was phenomenal. Uh, you know, we had 15,000 sales in, in March, and we knew that we wouldn't replicate those numbers. And, uh, you know, went down a little bit for uh, April, and now March we're still around the 11,000 mark. So it's, uh, it's relatively about the same as it was over the last three months. But we, I mean, when you have 15,000 sales in a month, you're not going to be able to keep that up. Now, what about that sense of urgency? Has that receded? It hasn't. We saw a little bit of a lull, but if you think in, you know, in May, we had Mother's Day, we had the May 2-4 weekend, the nicer weather returned. So we had a lot of, you know, places that our attention was diverted, and it took it off of the housing market. So May appeared to be slower, but again, it was a phenomenal month. I mean, having 11,000, 12,000 sales in any month shows the strength of a, you know, a reasonably very good market. And if you compare it to uh, you know, previous years, we're right there. So it hasn't really, the steam hasn't come out of the market. What we're going to see this year, Tina, is a more traditional market. So as we get into the later months, we're going to start to see sales drop. And Compared to last year, people are going to start saying, oh, my God, the market is tanking. Look how much the sales are dropping compared to last year. But last year, we didn't have a spring market. It was pushed into the summer. So we're comparing a summer, traditional summer market to a spring market of last year. And the numbers are going to be appear to be off. But at the end of the year, we're still going to finish very strong. And I think we'll finish somewhere around the 115,000 sales marks for the year, which will be the number one year in Toronto Real Estate Board history. Now, you've mentioned traditional market quite a bit there, and you've talked on this show as well about real estate seasons. Do you think we're getting back to that pattern then? We are. We are getting back to, you know, the 2015, 2016 and uh, that, again, it just shows you the strength of the housing market in the greater Toronto area. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're getting back to those levels. We're not going to see that bubble crashing or bursting. And, you know, that's been rumored for about 15 years. There's no catalyst for that. I think real estate in the Toronto area will remain strong over the next three or four years. And advice for the buyer and seller listening right now? Listen to your realtor. <laughs> we have people wanting to price at crazy values. We have, uh, you know, uh, buyer agents that may not be experienced enough paying those values. We're starting to see banks tighten up with their appraisals and also their, their lending criteria. So you want to make sure that you're in the right position and you're able to scoop up properties at the right price. Uh, you know, listing prices don't really mean much right now. You really have to drill down deep and, and make sure the list price is accurate. Some people are pricing it two, $300,000 less 
than where they should end up. Some people are pricing them more because that's what the neighbor ended up getting. You really need a realtor to guide you and help you decipher all of that information and you know, just explain to you what the market value is and where you should go in with your offer. After the break, the mortgage stress test. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties, with our next guest. Thank you, Tina. And joining us is Mohit Masand with Affinity Mortgage Solutions. Welcome back, Mohit. Thank you. It's good to be back, Asif. How are you? I'm well, and you? I'm very well, thank you. Great. We are talking about the new stress test that has just changed, or not the new stress right. test, but the new qualifying rate. So for our listeners right. that don't know about this or not aware of the changes, take us through those. Sure. So there is uh, just one change. So up until the 31st of May, the qualifying rate for mortgages uh, used to be 4.79%. This was both for insured mortgages which means mortgages with less than 20% down, and conventional mortgages, which is mortgages with 20% or more down payment. That 4.79 qualifying rate changed to 5.25% on the 1st of June, which has meant that the eligibility of, uh, of uh, potential home buyers has reduced by anywhere between 4 to about 6 to 7%. And what are you hearing and, from clients? What are they telling you? Uh, so it's... It's very recent that these changes have come into effect. So up until about May 31st, we were all extremely busy, and we being all the mortgage agents as well as the lenders, to the tune that a lot of lenders who used to generally respond to our deals in about a day, they're taking about a week, week and a half, sometimes even two weeks to to give us a response. Uh, But since then, uh, we've, we've been in touch with some of the buyers while People who were on a very strict budget are a little disappointed because their qualification has obviously dropped. So someone who's looking at 600 perhaps has to start looking at maybe 570 now. But people who had a little bit of wiggle room are still okay because, again, 4 to 6% isn't, it is pretty big, but I wouldn't say it's, it's big enough for someone to just drop their plan. And that's the the main thing that I took out of this. It, it reduced buying power for Canadians that are trying to get into home ownership. Now, qualifying at a, a minimum of five point two five percent. What rates are you lending at right now? And do you think that in the next five years or so, the rates would even hit five point two five percent? No, that's that is the point. Because when you look at the rates that we are offering right now, as an example. I had one of my deals approved today. It was a five-year variable rate of 1.25%, which is 4% less than the qualifying rate. Now, assuming that the rate would go from here to 525 in the next five years, there has to be something dramatic for that to happen, which, which is very hard to foresee. We are uh, still in a COVID situation. Obviously, things uh, seem to be improving, but uh, 
you know, we still have cases out there. The economy is still not the best. We still have unemployment. I do not foresee the rates going up to 5.25 in the next five years. So do you think this move was intended to protect buyers and reduce the buying power of other buyers? I guess the move was aimed towards uh, stabilizing the market. So as we all know that um, the the market has been um, going up pretty significantly since the last one and a half years, and uh, the prices for real estate had uh, gone up steeply uh, in, in the last year or something. So the government wanted to do something to, to cool the market, to give uh, the buyers an opportunity to, to, to enter the market, and uh, that was why this, this rule came into effect. But again, it's almost uh, counterintuitive because by by trying to help the buyers enter the market, you're reducing their eligibility. So I don't know if, if it's helping at all. Yeah, and even from a real estate perspective, one, it seems like overkill, and two, we've seen this move from governments before, and what they do is instead of helping the real estate market and helping affordability by creating more supply, they try to strangle buyers and, and choke off demand. And this is what right. this move feels like right now. It does nothing to improve the affordability, and there's no reason for sellers to take less than what they should. So the sellers right. just simply won't sell at a price that the buyer may only be approved for. Where do you see this going forward? Do you see another adjustment? There, there was an adjustment before. Do you see this being adjusted back down, or do you see this staying for the long haul? I it's it's very hard to anticipate because uh, if you remember Asif last year in April before uh, we had the COVID lockdown the government uh, and and Bank of Canada of course was working towards changing the qualifying guidelines so instead of having a single qualifying rate they were thinking of maybe just qualifying the borrower at the their rate plus two percent. As an example, for the borrower I got approved today, their, their qualifying would have been at 3.25, which is their rate, 1.25 plus 2%. That was put on hold because of COVID, but we kept believing that it will be, be back on once, once the market stabilizes and once COVID is gone. But instead of that happening, we've kind of made it worse, where now the difference between a buyer's rate and the qualifying rate is as much as 4%. So it's hard to anticipate if these rates are going to go down. Uh, I guess they could if it has a very strong impact on the real estate market. But you and I know, Asif, the demand uh, in the market right now is way too strong for for this 4 to 6% drop in eligibility to have an effect. I don't know what you think about it. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think the demand is high, and I think that what we're going to see is you know, people are just going to turn to a different product. Uh, they're yeah. not going to really slow it down. Of course. So do you think that the new mortgage stress test will affect home prices? Uh, hard to say. Again, like I said, it's uh, the demand still is there. And a lot of buyers, you know, a lot of them would not really worry too much about, say, 5% drop in eligibility, 4% drop in eligibility. Uh you know, they, they, they were already out there. They've been looking at properties. They'd perhaps just uh, readjust their expectation. However, uh, the only way this could have a bearing on the prices if it affects the sentiment, which means that if it uh, affects the demand, which, which is something we haven't seen up until now, we still see a very strong demand. I still see people uh, approaching me on a daily basis to run their mortgage eligibility so that they can enter the market. 
Uh, so I, I wouldn't foresee that. I wouldn't foresee a drop in prices. And Mohit, before we let you go, what's the mood out there with the people that you're talking to? You know, are they a little bit upset with this move? Are they okay with it? Are they just shifting their focus to condos or smaller homes? I, at this point of time, I guess they are uh, upset about it for sure, especially all those people who, you know, who were in the market already. They were looking for properties. It was hard enough anyway for, for especially first-time home buyers uh, to, to find a property. And, and now with the drop in eligibility, they have to kind of uh, readjust their expectations, like I said. So they are upset. They are a little disappointed. Uh, but I don't think they've really strategized yet. It's still early days since the rules have changed. And they're just trying to find out. They're waiting it out for the next week or something to see how the market responds to it. And if there is some softening of prices, and if there is, they don't have to readjust um, the kind of properties they were looking at. Mohit, if people want more information about what the changes do for them with the stress test, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. They can uh, reach out to me by phone. My phone number is 647-709-2117. That's the best way to get a hold of me. And I'd be very happy to speak with them and answer any questions they may have. Thanks so much, Mohit. Always a pleasure to have you on. Same here. Good talking to you. Take care, guys. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and our first one comes from Barry in Thornhill. He wants to know, what are the main things to look for when moving out of the city to a rural area? Asif? Great question, Barry. And, you know, it, uh, it really depends on your lifestyle and what you're looking for. But the number one thing right now to look for when you're moving into a rural area, mm-hmm. internet connectivity. Of course. <laughs> and that has become the number one thing, cell phone uh, service. These are all things that, you know, people need to be connected, especially when they're working from home. They need that stability that they can work from home. Their kids can school from home. So that has become what people are actually asking about and writing into contracts even. And what about those other amenities, whether it's, you know, groceries or medical facilities or those kinds of things? Should you be looking for that? I would think so. Yeah, medical facilities, especially uh, for the older uh, clientele or ones with younger kids, that is huge. You want to be close to a hospital or a medical center, and you also want the amenities. You, you want to know that there's a school close by, or you want to know that there's a grocery store or anywhere that you could run to in the middle of the night if you needed something, like a shopper's drug murder, you know, a drugstore that's open late. So these are all things that people do look for, restaurants, entertainment for the kids, community centers, swimming pools, ice rinks. These are all things that people will consider when they're moving out, and they'll also time it to say, I am okay with a 20-minute commute to this amenity or a 30-minute commute to the hospital. So there's a lot of things that go into the thought process when you are leaving the city where everything is right around you within a five-minute walk sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, to a rural area where it might take you a 30-, 40-minute drive. And I guess this is part of the conversation with the agent, listing all of your wants right out of the gate. 
Exactly. So, you know, you want to be able to have uh, that conversation before you even start looking because you don't necessarily want to fall in love with a home that doesn't meet any of the rest of your criteria. Mm -hmm. So have that conversation beforehand, and let's see if we can get you into a property. Okay, our next question comes from Jerry and Markham. He is a new home buyer and wants to know if there is an expected deposit amount, and if he offers a greater deposit, does it increase the chances of his offer being accepted? Hmm, Asif? Another great question, Jerry, and you know, we see a lot of variances here. So if you're buying in the outskirts, like if you're buying in Brantford, Niagara Falls, I mean, they have, they have lesser deposits, and it's only in the GTA that we see high deposits. And right now, people are asking for about 5%. They want to know that you know, people are committed to the deal and they're not going to run away. But I've seen as low as 2000 5000 in other areas, 5% is usually what is expected in the Toronto area and surrounding. However, if you were to go in a little bit higher, it just shows that uh, you're committed to the deal, you're serious, and you're going to follow through and, uh, and come through with that. What about the second part of Jerry's question where he asks, you know, does it increase the chances of his offer being accepted, especially during these multiple offer scenarios? Well, a lot of times it's not the highest priced offer that gets the deal done. So people will look at closing date, the deposit, and they'll also look at conditions. So if you have a great deposit and you're fairly lenient with your conditions or don't have any and you have a closing date that matches what the sellers want theirs to be, that will put you in a good position even if you're not the highest bidder. Asif, if our listeners have more questions and prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? Yeah, they can always get me at 416-985-CON, 416-985-5426. Okay, now just before we go, you wanted to tell us about one of your recent sales and the deal you acquired and got for your buyers. Well, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier in the show about uh, knowing the market and knowing market values. Uh, there was a home that was priced where I thought it was high and had the conversation with the agent, explained to them that, you know, that was not market value. And even if it sold close to what they were asking, it would not appraise because everything in the area was selling for a lot less. So we were able to go in and we paid 178000 less than the asking price. And that's where the home should have ended up. And, you know, the buyers were told originally that they may have to pay close to asking price. They may get a little bit of a deal. But when we dug down into the details and figured out the comparables, you know, pricing it where one person on the street uh, received a, a certain amount with multiple offers, that's not the right price for the home. And, and the same thing, if you're priced too low, that's not the right price for the home. So setting expectations by providing comparables and having the right values into the, the picture, now you're going to be able to, uh, you know, get, get the home for the right price. So although this price looks like it was, you know, almost $200,000 less than the asking price, I think it fit in where it should have. And I guess that's where a really knowledgeable agent comes into play and really is effective. That's, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for that experience. You're paying for that leadership because in the end, a good realtor will sell 30, 40, 50, 60 properties a year. So they've been through 
a lot of different situations, a lot of different scenarios, and that's where hiring a professional that has the experience really comes in handy. And even if you're hiring someone new, make sure they have the backup, that they can go to someone in their office uh, that's knowledgeable, maybe their broker, maybe an, a senior agent, to be able to guide them and help you with your purchase or your sale. Now, what do you mean, and I know we've talked about this on the show, but for our listeners who may have missed those episodes, what do you mean when the home will not get appraised? So what's happening right now is the banks are sending appraisers into every property to make sure the value is there. When you're seeing homes sell for two, three, four hundred thousand dollars over asking, and that's partly the realtor's fault for pricing it low and making it look like it got so much more than asking. So when the bank sees that, that's a red flag to say, okay, you priced this at seven ninety nine and you got $1.1 million. We're going to go and figure this out. And when the appraisers go in, now they'll go through this home with a fine-tooth comb and compare it to everything else that has sold in the area and figure out why you receive that value. And if it doesn't come in, and this is a very subjective point of view, it depends on the appraiser that's in there. So if the appraiser goes in and says, I don't agree that the value is such and such, I'm going to appraise it at this value, that's what the bank is going to take. And if the bank doesn't take an appraisal value that is full value of what you paid, now you're on the hook for this purchase and you have to put that extra money in cash. Now, this was a win situation for the buyers, but what about the sellers here? Because their expectations were that they were going to get 200000 more for their home. How did their agent manage those expectations? I believe once the agent was provided with the comparables in the area and realized that, uh, you know, the agent had possibly made a mistake on listing price and and, you know, you have to let them know. You have to set the expectations for the other agent as well to be able to educate their client. Uh, the client saw that, yeah, you know, this is what everything is selling for. Sure, one home may have received a lot more, but it had different features. It had different benefits for the buyers. This one didn't have those, so this is what it's worth. And uh, at that point, it was the highest offer received as well, and uh, they took it. There we go. Well, great work, Asif, and thanks for sharing. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.